to welcome you back to another episode of Between Us and Y'all. I'm Yasmin. I'm Nafis. And this is Between Us and Y'all, a safe space for mothers and young, young adult men to have conversations and safe, a safe space to hear how those conversations may take place. Today we have some guests. We're going to be introducing them shortly. But before we do, we want to make sure that all of our listeners understand that we want to touch on different topics. So you may hear us talking you know, about different topics and we find these topics to be important. We hope that you do too. The topic today is going to be continuing the conversation on money management. We're going to be specifically focusing on investment ideas and monetizing hobbies. So we want to take some time to go ahead and introduce our guests. You can go first. Man. Okay. Hi, I'm Jana Johnson Davis. I'm a Kobe and Kahari's mom. Um, I'm an educator. Um, I currently, I was recently elected to the um, City Schools of Decatur School Board, and I'm also um, the internship director for the Davis Bozeman Law Firm. And I'm so happy and honored to be here. Cool. Thank you. Young man? My name is Kobe Davis. I uh, just graduated from Howard University. With a <laughs> Thank you. With a degree in marketing and I'm going to law school at Georgia State in the fall. Oh, wow. Following in your dad's footsteps. That's what's up. Thank you. Congratulations. Hi, my name is Kahari Davis. Uh, I'm 20 years old. I'm the son of Jana Johnson Davis. I'm a film major at Howard University. I'm a rising junior right now. So, yeah. That's what's up. Well, we wish you both luck in your um, academic efforts. So far, it looks like you all are doing an amazing job. We are really happy that you're here. Now, Faith is also a, a rising junior as well. And so, Kyrie and um, Nafis, you all are on the same level. All right. So, our topic today, as I mentioned, is money management. And we're talking specifically about investment ideas and monetizing hobbies. Both of our young adult men have businesses that they um, have right now. We want to give them the opportunity to tell us a little bit about their businesses before we continue, as we always do, to support local businesses and especially Black-owned businesses. So uh, my company is Power Moves, Power Moves Only Management, PMO, and um, it's a music company focused on helping independent artists and um, producers. So really just started um, a couple years ago up at Howard with my friends. And now um, really trying to just continue to grow it after now that I'm done with school and um, just looking forward to see what I can do now that I am have my degree and uh, just have the whole future ahead of me and a lot more time on my hands now, so. And how can people be in contact with you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at PMO Management um, or email me at PMO MGMT at gmail.com. Okay. Thank you. And yeah, so uh, I have my company, it's called Hari Creates. And basically, it all started because uh, I have a passion for film, and that's what I want to do in the future. But I just also have a passion for just being creative in general. So I have a clothing brand, and so I just wanted to combine those two. So what Hard Creates is just a platform for me to release the designs I make and also just be able to provide film services for myself, what projects that I'm working on, and other creators that want to work with me and want to get stuff done. So basically, it's just like a creative company. And, yeah. Okay. Thank you. 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 Th
Well, that sounds amazing. I know Ace is a budding filmmaker as well, so I'm sure you guys can connect after the call to see how you could possibly work together. Definitely. And thank you for providing that. How can people be in contact with you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at A-I-R Hari underscore, so Air Hari underscore. But the my company's Instagram page is Hari Creates. So H-A-R-I and Creates, C-R-E-A. T-E-S. All right, cool. Thank you. All right, so we are going to jump right into our questions. Um, our first question is a standard question that we always ask our guests. And so the first question is, our family motto is work hard, pray hard, love hard, and play hard. We try to incorporate that in everything that we do. Do you all have a family motto? And if so, what is it? Guys, what would you say? Uh, I feel like our family model I feel like we probably have a couple of them but the family model I get a lot from my parents is just to do what you love and everything will come after the, afterwards so just chase and do what you love and just keep praying and everything will work out I was thinking the same thing uh, something that uh, my husband Molly their dad always says is just do the work just do the work and then everything else will fall into place so, you know, um, we have always tried to push this message of just don't, you know, um, be out here chasing the dollar, um, you know, trying to, you know, just trying to, to make some money. You know, like Kahari said, do what you work, be passionate about it, and then all those other benefits will come in due time. And um, so, yeah, I, I would say, like Kahari said, do the work, do what you love. I love that. Kobe, would you add anything or you, you agree with what you said? I'd probably say um, the will to win is nothing without the will to prepare. And that's just something my dad says a lot. Um, I think he said he got it from his law partner. So he says it around the, how to, around the house a lot, just pretty much like nothing will come easy if you don't like really work for it. So I've always just like held on to that. Wow. So I love that motto. I love, I love that you all are offering your children the opportunity to be creative and to support that and live within that, you know, truth. And also to have the will to stay committed to it because it's one thing to be allowed to be creative, but it's another thing to be held accountable for that creativity. So I wish you both good luck. And I think that's an amazing motto that you all are following. So we support it 100%. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. And we're gonna go into our next question. So. Do you all have ever have questions regarding money management as it relates to investment ideas? And if so, what do those conversations look like as a family or between you, Mama Jenna, and your young men? Well, I was, we have conversations really, I don't know, I was kind of embarrassed when I saw the question because I felt like we haven't had enough conversations about investing. Okay. But when Kobe and Kahari came home during this COVID crisis, um, I was pleasantly surprised that they both ha have been investing money. And so maybe they can talk a little bit about that. I knew Kobe had started talking about that and doing that when he first went to Howard, he had got into um, investing. Um, and even though I was a business major at FAM, um, I really have not been as informed in that where we have invested um, money. Um, Molly has guided that process. Um, 
but I do need to be more informed about it. Um, but I would love for COVID hard to share um, what, what they have been doing in terms of investing. Okay. Um, so last night, me and Kahar were actually just watching um, a video about, um, it was a billionaire giving advice on my like, kids' investment plans during like the corona outbreak and stuff and just what he foresaw in the future. Um, so I really haven't like invested any money like phys- like yet. Me and Kahar have more so have been just like talking and strategizing about like different um, like markets that are probably going to end up developing because of this virus or like just like right now it's just a weird time because a lot of businesses we don't know how they'll perform because of we've never been in this type of situation so like um I say right now I'm like just doing the research and like like learning just about different markets and industries and um like diversifying your portfolio is something like I would focus on because nobody thought this crash would happen or just the virus would come about like this and just shows how important it is to have different like um ways of making money or different like areas you're invested in like just not having all your money in one market because you never know something like this could happen so i've just really been trying to learn as much as i can from this situation um because we've never been in something like this before but there definitely are a lot of like good things to just take away Okay. Sorry, uh, yeah, I would say like uh, when I was selling my, I had a, I was been selling shirts. So when I was selling shirts, I made uh, with the money I made. A mistake I kind of made was I didn't put enough back into like getting the shirts uh, reproduced, and that's something my dad really had to like emphasize to me, just like the importance of you know putting your money, the money that you make, the profit, and just putting it back into the business so you can keep making more money. So I, that's just some advice that, uh, advice and lesson I learned from myself and what my dad gave me about that. But um, I would say if you're looking to invest some money, I've been investing on an app called Robinhood. And on there you can do like day trading and you can all you can invest in stocks all through your phone. So if, you know, if you're trying to find a way to make some money and you want to invest in long-term money or even short-term money, you can do day trading. Robinhood is a great app for that. So. Wow. That's what's up. Okay. Question? Well, the next question is, is there any process in place that you research any, and wait, is there any process, process in place that you research an idea or take any other steps before discussing your ideas with each other? far as you know your investment do you you said it sounds like you all are doing some stuff on youtube as far as your research is concerned uh-huh. what does the process look like when you find an idea do you guys sit down and write write down like the pros and cons or do you say no this is not a good idea because it costs too much or you know what does that process look like uh, i think minka hari do a good job of like just bouncing ideas off each other and like just fleshing them out just by talking and um, having just dialogue. Like like we'll do this all the time. Like we'll just have an idea and we'll already be just sitting down together and probably just walk through like the different ways of like, um, like who could this be valuable for? What are like some um, competitors? Like, so just doing like a basic like SWOT analysis of like the different 
like knowing your threats and strengths and weaknesses and that type of thing. So I think Mikahari just had that dialogue like while we're discussing just ideas in general. Like I don't think it has to be an official like I mean it is good to write stuff down, um, for sure. But sometimes like just to get started, it's good to just have a conversation and then go from there. Um I I guess also just knowing like people um that who, who could help with the idea is something that we also try to think about when we have an idea. So when you there was you had done some investing like when you first got up to Howard, you 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 know what I'm talking about? Oh, Forex? Yes. Oh uh, yeah. How I mean, did you how did you um choose what you were gonna invest in? What was your process then? Because you you're not doing that anymore. Well yeah, like Forex, that is um trading for foreign currencies. Um and I personally like a lot of people at Howard were doing it while I was a freshman, so I just wanted to learn and just find out what it was. Cause I saw a lot of people making money off their phone. And so like, that's a good market as well. Um, I couldn't, I didn't stick with Forex because the markets fluctuate a lot um, because you're trading like currencies and like how they, like what their value is at the end of the day. And so um, that was something that like, that's another thing that people can like during this time, like learn about is Forex trading. And um, I learned a lot from it. Like, I don't know if I would personally get back into it like right now, but it is like a way to make money. It's legal and um, it's a market that doesn't like ever stop being profitable if you don't have to do it. So. Okay. Harry, were you going to add something? I think you started talking and then you stopped. Uh, Kobe kind of actually summed it up pretty well. Like we both do a good job of just like you said, bouncing ideas off each other. And I think like the most important part is just, you know, actually finding a good idea. And then like what me and Kobe do, like he says, like we just flush it out and see like, how how is this realistic? And how is this could be a niche into society? So I, I was just talking to Kobe last night about how we need to start thinking of a way where we can be like a service somehow because this pandemic. So I know there's a lot of areas and opportunities to benefit off this and where people can also benefit so just i don't know we're always thinking of stuff to do and to, i feel like we're always thinking of like the next big thing and whatnot but i feel like just your imagination is the first uh big step in the process okay all right so for my next question i want to know when you all are looking at these ideas um what is, what are some of the red flags that, that come up or how do you identify red flags when you are looking at an idea or when you're talking to each other and you say, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. What are the what are the things that turn out to be red flags? I feel like a red flag would be if there's something, another idea that's similar to yours, almost identical, then that would be something that you wouldn't want to do. Um, just try to be as fresh and as original as possible. Um, yeah, that's one red flag for me. It just I always want, don't want to be like anyone else. So just if it's something that imitates what I'm trying to do, then I, I don't want to do it anymore. Okay. Kobe? Um, I think I already said it pretty much, but I was probably going to say hit on the head. Like, If somebody else is doing it. Yeah, or if it's just like really oversaturated. Um, like if there's too many competitors in that market or like um 
Yeah, just something like we don't want to do anything like that's too fragile of an idea that like I'm trying to think. Or if there was like some like if there was a regulation to be passed um, that could change certain things, like that's also something I look at like, all right, maybe maybe there will be a policy that would mandate certain things or not like just in terms of like even um, cannabis or something I'm interested in learning more about like the industry. And so like that's one of the things like just learning the different like rules and stuff of like cannabis industry and the licenses you have to have. I think that's something I would want to learn more about. So just knowing the different regulations is also like a red flag or something to pay attention to when um, developing new ideas. Okay, so um, Mama Jenna, I want to take this question back to you. If you were offering advice to our listeners for moms who had sons just like yours that come to you and say, hey, I have this idea that I'm interested in in, uh, investing in, what would be some of the red flags that you would say that they need to look out for? So I think with their dad being an attorney, I'm always kind of thinking from the, I'm not an attorney, but the legal perspective, like have they researched things that um, if they have not done things in the right way could result in some legal consequences. Um, And so if they've not done that, that's a red flag for me. Um, You know, I, I feel like Mawali and I try to do a good job of supporting their ideas. Um, they are both very creative. Um, they think outside the box. They think of things that I would never consider. And so, um, and we, we are obviously raised in two different generations. And so that takes somewhat of a, t- um, of a mind shift for me sometimes. Um, so we try to support those ideas, but you know, Molly is always pushing, you know, doing the research, um, you know, We've had conversations where one of the boys may say, you know, if I just had this amount of money, I could make it happen. Mm. But the question is, well, how do you know that that's how much you need? You know, um, what all is it going to require to make this um, this dream come, become a reality? And have you, you know, done all of the line items to make sure that that would even be enough? Or would you even need that much? And so... Um, I would say for me, and I think also being a teacher to that, just making sure that they have done the research and if they have it, then that would be a red flag. That might be a barrier for me in terms of investing until I've seen that they've done their due diligence. Okay. Do you want to add anything to that question or are you ready to move on? Um, kind of like on the same lines that they said, um, just trying to be original as possible. Also for me, just like making sure like there is also an easy process to like get into the the business or whatever you're trying to invest in because if you have to do a lot of um if it just seems like really challenging and it's not getting nowhere then don't do it you know because it's going to take a toll for no reason so definitely that is a red flag for me that I, i try to look out for and definitely do my research and see how different ways i can present the idea so i can make it unique so it might be something that people do, but if you present it in a different way, it can maybe open up a different conversation or a different community of people. Yeah, I think that process is called economies agglomeration, I think is what it's called, like how um, McDonald's or Burger King might be right across the street from each other and they both offer the same thing, but they mm-hmm. presented it in a different way. One burger got pickles, one doesn't, you know what I mean? And so 
sometimes you may be able to play on a saturated market if you have the ability to make it be something creative or if you could just come up with tacos where you have something where they got burgers but I got tacos you know mm-hmm. and it's completely different but it's a market out there for everybody but it's just the ability to know what's out there and research it like you all said so that's good What's the next, the next question is, please describe any barriers you feel exist for black for young black men to be able to act on their investment ideas. How do you all address this as a family? Did you all hear the question? Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't think there are really any barriers unless, I mean, obviously just having the money, like, but at the end of the day, like you can always go and create the opportunity for yourself. Like the reach, the information is out there, and um, I just feel like, like anyone who wants to have, like, be their own boss and be an entrepreneur, like this is always like the best time. Like we live in the best era to do that, just because there's so much information and there's so many different ways to make money. Like I don't know if they're, um, I mean, I know for like certain industries. Mm, I would say maybe like once again back to the cannabis industry like that's probably the only industry I feel like it's unfair that um like there's certain regulations you have to meet or criteria you have to meet in order to become a um in order to like be able to grow your own stuff or own your own stuff so like that's probably the only industry where like I feel like there's an unfair advantage against people of color because we've been disenfranchised and haven't had an opportunity to enter into that like um, market like as as well as like other races have or as fairly as other races have. I feel like I mean there's like obviously going to be barriers just because like of like economic disparities between black people and uh, white people just through history and so uh, I feel like the conversations we have in the house is like, don't let those like barriers define like what we could do. So like working hard and like chasing your dreams, you know, can outbeat all those obstacles that are, were put on, uh, put against us. So although there is barriers, it's like more of you know, like, what can you do? It's like more of like in your willpower to overcome those barriers. So just, like my mom said early, like I'm always just to work hard and pray on it and everything will fall in this place. And so I feel like that was just how we overcome barriers. Okay. I, I would, um, you know, Cole said that he thought that the cannabis in, industry was the only industry <clears throat> that might present a barrier, <clears throat> excuse me, for people of color, but I would disagree with that. I mean, we know that there, uh, you know, we know that that happens in all industries. Um, you know, I know that I think in the cannabis industry, if you have had any uh, certain types of interactions with the law, then that would be a barrier to you being able to get the license. Is that right, Cole? Yes. And so, I mean, we know that for, you know, in our family, we have had some interactions with the police. And so I'll say Molly, for example, back when he was younger, there was an incident, you know, he had to work hard to get that cleared from his from his record in order to become an attorney. He even after, you know, you can go to law school for four years, you can shine through law school, you can pass the bar. 
but you may not be able to get your license if you have, you know, something that happened 20 years ago um, on your record. That could be a barrier to, you know, your life's work. And I think that for um, black men who have disproportionate encounters with, um, with the legal system, um, that those, it increases those barriers in all industries. And so, uh, I mean, in, the t in education, you know, if you have a certain criminal, um, if you have a, not a criminal record, but if you've had some, like one incident, you have to report it, they may not hire you, right? And so I think that um, because the legal system has, you know, historically been um, unjust for us, um, that it does present a barrier. And um, not everyone, unfortunately, has the family support that we have been so blessed to be able to provide Kobe and Kahar to just encourage them to, to keep pushing beyond those, you know, besides those barriers. And, um, but it, it, can, it can be hard, I think, in, in the cannabis industry and in many others. I'm glad that you have that response um, because, you know, if, if we think about any case that happens with a young black man, this current case, for instance, with Ahmed Arbery, you know, down in Brunswick, one of the first things that everybody knew that was going to happen is they were going to look for his past to see if there was something that he did, you know. They came with some information about him, something he did in high school that, you know, that had nothing to do with the case that ended up with him being, you know, murdered. But, you know, so I agree that that's a barrier, you know what I mean? And sometimes it can be very difficult for those barriers to be overcome. And that's why one of the first things we do when we have this podcast is to advertise for our businesses, because we have to be in support and aware of what those businesses are so that we, if we have people that have skills and they have the money to start their own dispensary and we wanna support them, we should be able to do that. Just like their friends are doing the same thing for them. You know, because I'm sure that everybody has a past. We're not the only ones that have had, you know, situations. Right. So it's unfair, you know, for that to happen. But if if we don't support each other like other people do, then we will be, you know, those barriers will be things that keep us, you know, with, without the ability to move forward. Yeah. So I think I want to add on that. On uh, I think the, like the conversation that we have, kind of just to piggyback off what you guys said. But what is also interest, interesting to me is like also being realistic of like you know what you're getting yourself into but not let not letting that like make you afraid to get into it so like like how kobe said about getting into the cannabis um, industry and knowing like oh well if you get into this these are my you know these might be the reactions that you might get out of it and these are my people you know might act towards you about this certain idea but don't let that discourage you from doing it you know and i definitely think um more families, especially back families, need to have those conversations because you know we can be supportive, but also we need to also know like what is it, you know, like what is it, you know, how to support and how to be, um, just stay focused on the at the task so you're not just hearing these comments and here and there and you're not understanding why those comments are coming in. So we have a friend in California who has one of the biggest hydroponics, you know, dispensaries for cannabis in, in uh, Southern, I mean, yeah, Southern California. And I remember when he was starting it, 
you know, he had all that people coming to him like, are you sure you want to get into this? It's going to be hard for you. You know, you're a young black man. And actually, he went to Howard, too. So I'll, I'll, <laughs> I remember his name. His name is Muhammad Bay, but I can't remember the name of his business right now. But um, I just remember the conversation happening in our community because he's Muslim, you know. So people were just like, you know, what kind of backlash is going to come from this, you know, that you're doing this. But the reality is, is it's money. It's money to be made. And the reality is, is we shouldn't be out of that particular market if it's something we have an interest in. So I totally support that. Um, we had a conversation on another episode about drugs. And the, the conversation was about if your child was to come home and say they wanted to get into selling marijuana, you know, because it's legal now in some states to be able to sell medical marijuana. And the, the mom was just like, this conversation we're having now, she was like, I support that fully because I think that if it's your idea and it's something that you researched and you're, it's not gonna break the law, then it should be something that we should be allowed to do and be supported as well, so. I'm glad you all are freely having conversations about your ideas in that way. We are. It's, it's you know, it. I am growing into that. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest because, you know, growing up when marijuana was not legal um, and then knowing how it has impacted my family um, and for some people starting off smoking weed then you know, they started doing other things. And so it has, that has been something else that has required a, a mind shift for me. Um, and, and Kobe and Kahari have been educating me on all of the benefits of cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> We've had the similar conversations in our household too, because actually it's, we had a similar uh, situation where I had to use um, THC oil for my cycle because I suffer from really bad cramps, you know, during my menstrual cycle. But then the conversation came up about him, like, well, what are you using it for? <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, but to be able to freely have a conversation about what's going on, what are you putting in your body? You know, because when I started researching it myself, I learned that Monsanto was actually producing some marijuana, you know, and they are in charge of genetically modified foods. Mm -hmm. So if they're growing it and you could possibly be smoking it or taking their oil, then I don't want you doing that because it might not be the best thing for your body. Right. It opens up, you know, kind of a safety conversation about if you, this is something you're doing, know where it's coming from, know, you know, who produced this and know what it's going to be doing to your body as Absolutely. opposed to just saying all marijuana is healthy because it came from right. you know? Yeah. Lato is not God in my, at all, you know, so you need to make sure that you're aware of where it's coming from. Definitely. Oh, cool. So for our next question, um, as college students, it sounds like you all are absolutely on top of monetizing things, especially hobbies, if you find a way to make money from it. If you had to offer advice for, to our other college students that are listening, how do you talk about, how do you create, how do you develop an idea that started off as a hobby and turn it into something that you can make money from? Howdy, what do you, what would you say to our college students that are listening? Because everybody got hobbies, but everything's not going to make money. So how, what advice would you all offer? Mm, if you want to turn a hobby into an actual business, then you should just like come with a business plan. And that's probably the best step um, to start with is just figuring out like 
like pricing or like how much, if it's a service and like who your customers will be or um, just like different opportunities or if it's a product then like, all right, let's figure out how can I mass produce this or um, just like, Really just putting out a plan, like you just have to have it in writing and a budget is probably like a good place to start too. Sorry, would you offer any other advice? Mm-hmm. I think Kobe really summed it up pretty well. I feel like if you just have an idea, you just need to make a plan for it and your plan needs to include how you can consistently run it and if it's yeah and if that plan works it should be good okay i'm a jenna as a parent i know that sometimes young these young men are going to come to you or for money you know how do you um address the conversation and what type of advice would you offer to parents to make sure that you know if your children are interested in monetizing their hobbies that they are using their money wisely um, a business plan, like Kobe said, that has been uh, a big thing around here. Um, again, I mentioned earlier, you know, there have been requests for money to invest um, in their businesses. And um, we've just wanted to see, you know, um, where this money would be going, how it would be spent. Once you start, you know, um, you know, making money off of it, what's going to happen with that money? Um, Kahari mentioned, you know, that was a lesson that he learned about, you know, reinvesting um, in the business. And so um, I think the, the biggest thing that I would, you know, um, suggest to parents is to, you know, suggest that they have a business plan. And a lot of times, young folks, you know, Kobe was a business major, um, but young folks may not know what that entails. And so I think also finding the resources to guide them through that process in uh, terms of creating a business plan would also be helpful. Um, And then, you know, having these follow-up conversations, you know, family-type meetings, you know, it's it's not enough to just give the money, they give you the plan and give give them the money and then that's it. Um, You know, you have to be intentional about check-ins and and what's happening. So, you know, Kobe was having that conversation with his dad last night about, um, some proceeds that he received for his uh, management company and, you know, how those needed to be handled. And um, and so I, I think being intentional about having those um, constant subsequent conversations is also important. Okay. Uh, and for the next question and the last question, uh, would there be any other advice that you would like to give to our listeners? That uh, we haven't addressed as far as money management is concerned. As far as investing or monetizing hobbies, anything that we didn't touch on that you would say, you definitely need to consider this. Kahar, I was wondering, because it felt like you really, like yours really started off, both of your things really started off as a hobby in terms of your, you know, which the enjoyment that you got from making videos and things like that and how you have flipped this into a business and the whole t-shirt design thing. Uh, you know, I was wondering if you could offer a little bit more in terms of, because I feel like it really started off as a hobby for you. 
Yeah. Uh, I just go back to say just to like my mom and my dad always just heavily uh, encouraged me just to do what I love. And, and so that's just all what I'm doing. I feel like, you know, in life, if I'm not like happy with what I'm doing, there's no reason for me to be doing it. So um, that's exactly what I'm on. I'm just trying to do what I love and have fun while doing it. So if you have a hobby or anything, and I would say my advice is just to be, it doesn't always have to be your hobby, obviously. Like, if you love doing it and that's what you do every day, then make that what you want to do in life and just try to do that. What did it look like for you when you when we were first just, you know, interested, saying, I like making videos? What happened to be able to switch it over to be something that you started making money from? Or, you know, what, what did that process look like? How did you get from one step to the next? Well, I, I first started just really playing around on like a video app called Video Star. And me and my friend was just making like music videos off our phone. Okay. So it just came from actually just, you know, like being bored and just having something to do. And so just, we, I continued just making videos, just doing little stuff, went to some film camps. And then I just decided like, this year that I should make it official and I'm good enough where I can charge for my services. Uh, and that's just been the process of it. Okay. That sounds good. That sounds like the first step to starting a business. Start as an idea, you know, and then you take it to a point that you can actually monetize it. So that sounds like you're on your way to something, you know, lucrative and we wish you support in it. Thank you. Welcome. Kobe, did you have any anything to offer? Um, I would probably just say like building your network up and finding those people who are already doing what you want to do or, or whatever you're interested in doing. Finding people who are already established and can give you guidance. So just to make your life easier so you can avoid like some of like the easy stuff that probably someone else could have told you if you knew. So <laughs> find a mentor. That's definitely good advice. Do you want anything to offer on that question? Uh, I, agree, I agree with what they said. <laughs> okay. I was going to add, you know, so like both of the boys, I, I think have always had an interest in business. And so for parents, I would say, it, you know, kind of um, pay attention to those little things that they may be interested in. So like when, when they were younger, we put them in business camp at Clark Atlanta. Um, so they, they went to that camp. Yeah. <laughs> it was a wonderful camp. It wasn't that expensive, right? Yeah. And so, um, and so I, I think creating those kind of opportunities, um, I know sometimes camps can be very expensive and can, there are financial barriers to um, some programs, but, but there are opportunities out there. And, um, you know, we've gotten grants for camps, for film camp and business camp. Um, and I, but I think those experiences helped um, the boys to uh, play around to see if these were things that they liked. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I would tell parents to try to create those types of opportunities. And, um, you know, even if they are uh, more expensive, looking for funding opportunities or, you know, and I, but I feel like there always are programs that can help. If pe people are really interested in 
doing certain things, that there are ways to, to get around those barriers. And, and so that would be my advice, to try to find those types of opportunities for, for young people. Yeah, I would totally agree. Oftentimes, you know, as parents of young black men, we're having conversations about what are you gonna do with your life? You know, and everybody's always encouraging us to be business owners, but there's never really a conversation that happens oftentimes about what that actually looks like. Right. You know, what it looks like before you're actually in need of money, you know? as You know, it'd be a different conversation talking to my eight-year-old about this idea as opposed mm -hmm. to my 20-year-old who needs money now because right. he's getting ready to be on his own, you know? so. We want to make sure our listeners are encouraging, you know, their young men to have conversations freely about what their ideas are and to be open to supporting them. Sometimes we shoot our young men ideas down because we don't like the idea, but we really haven't invested enough, you know, in the research to understand how it could be something that could be beneficial to our families. You know, so we appreciate you and Baba Mawuli for encouraging your young men in every way, you know, supporting them and finding money to make sure that, you know, their dreams become a reality. It's something I try to do as well with my son, you know, and finding every resource to make it happen because the reality is, is we can't talk about supporting black businesses if we don't have any. Right. Uh, and we don't have variety and we don't have businesses that are actually functioning and functioning very well, not just somebody who owns a business, but something that's actually a real good business that you feel good about spending your money with you know so we support y'all we appreciate you for joining us in this conversation about money management and um we want to thank you for being here this has been another episode of between us and y'all we hope that our listeners have benefited from everything that's been shared today it's been very beneficial for us and again, we will be sharing links for the um, businesses that were shared earlier for these two young men, two young business owners, and as well as the Davis Bozeman Law Firm. That Thank you. About that as well. That's a, a black business that's saving lives, you know, all throughout the state of Georgia and, uh, you know, throughout the, the country, really, I would say. And so we want to make sure our, our listeners always work hard, pray hard, love hard, and take some time to play hard. We want to thank you for being here and hope you all have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.